Welcome to the Adventures in Arting podcast. This is episode number 42, Designing Stamps, recorded on February 15th, 2016. My name is Julie Fafan Balzer, and unfortunately, my co-host Eileen Schubalzer is unable to join us today, but I have two fabulous guests to make up for that. So I want to start a little bit with some listener mail, and I thought I'd read a piece of mail from Kathy, who I had the great pleasure of sharing a house with when I took a summer workshop um, with Jane Davies, and she was writing about the last podcast we did, and she said, I'm you know, she says, I love the podcast. I'm glad to hear, Julie, that your space is coming together. Moving is such a project. You mentioned that you found a way to solve the carpet problem in your wet studio. What did you end up doing? And so I thought I would just share this because I think it's a great idea for anybody who has carpet in their home and is looking for a way to protect it in a kind of semi-permanent way, which is I was able to find um, a flooring guy who had remnant um vinyl flooring and if you've ever seen vinyl flooring it's just like a huge sheet of plastic that usually gets put down on top of a hard surface but instead they were able to put the sheet of vinyl flooring and it's a remnant so it was super like inexpensive because it's basically garbage to them It, it didn't matter to me what it looked like and it just goes right on top of the carpet and completely protects it so that I can feel free to get paint and whatever else everywhere on it. It's not slippery the way that like plastic would be or something. So that might be an idea for anybody who has carpet. And then the second piece of mail I want to read is from Rebecca. And it says, Dear Julie and Eileen, I want to thank you both for this podcast. My family and I have just moved from Australia to Cambodia. I've had my ups and downs, so it was great to hear both your perspectives on moving. I especially enjoy the suggestion to look at everything that has been achieved rather than what hasn't. And which I think is great advice and I have to keep hearing that over and over. But anyway, she says, um, I hope you continue to find your move invigorating, Julie. I think you need to go buy another tape runner. It will ensure you don't have such a break in your workflow. And you know what, Rebecca? I took that advice and I actually did buy a second tape runner. And, you know, I think that's one of those things where I kept trying to sort of cheap out and I sort of want to extrapolate this into a bigger thought, which is I think sometimes when we make art, um, we get a little nervous about spending money on supplies or about wasting things. And sometimes there have been supplies that don't really work for me, but I hang on to them. Or there's been a tool that I think would make things easier, but I feel like it's too expensive. And I've almost always found that if it's something I really need or really want, it makes a huge difference either to bring it in or to let go of it. So I'm just telling you, you're worth something. So spend a little bit of money to make yourself happy and make your workflow easier. That's my advice for the day. Anyway, so our guests today uh, are Natalie Callback and Rachel Gregg. Now, Natalie is no stranger to the podcast, having been a guest before, and I talk about her sometimes and always in kind terms. Uh, Natalie was born in Germany and lived most of her adult life in Hamburg before moving to the United States in 2013. And her work has been published all over the place. Um, And she teaches at a ton of places, including Pratt Institute. She is also the founder and sole organizer of the annual Creative Jumpstart Summit, now in its fabulous fifth year. I'm a fan and a teacher there which is great and she also designs stencils and stamps and she is a former ambassador for Liquitex hi Natalie hi Julie nice to see no to hear you again I know there's no seeing everybody's in their pajamas there's no seeing it's just hearing and uh Rachel Gregg is a photographer rubber stamp artist and the proud owner and designer of darkroom door rubber stamps she was awarded the master of scrapbooking by scrapbooking memories magazine in 2001 and she was the photography editor of my reflections magazine 
magazine and Scrapbooking Memories magazine for many years. And then in 2007, Rachel and her husband started a rubber stamp company called Darkroom Door. You may have some of their stamps in your house. And um, they moved their headquarters to a larger studio and warehouse in 2009. And now they have a fabulous classroom. And actually, Natalie and I are going to be in Rachel's Darkroom Door classroom slash warehouse teaching um, later in April. But we thought that we would talk about a whole bunch of stuff related to rubber stamping while we're here. So hi, Rachel. Hi, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. <laughs> By the way, working out the time difference between Australia and the East Coast was a little bit hilarious, but we finally, <laughs> the internet helped us, right? It does. It does. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I'm super excited. And now all of us design stamps for different companies. And I thought it would be really interesting just to talk about how we design stamps and why we started and all that kind of stuff. So I'm going to make Natalie go first. Oh, uh, because Natalie loves talking first. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. How did I get into designing my own stems? I think it started um, a couple of years ago. I did my first move to do that. Um, and the um, the reason why I did that was I always wanted to have certain... I always was looking for making my own mark in my uh, artwork and um, have that repetitive throughout um, several artwork. So, you know, like if you have a certain thing for stamp and you can use it over and over and over and becomes kind of like your trademark, that is what really appealed to me in um, the whole um, possibility of a stamp. And there weren't so many mixed media stems out there. So um, a couple of years ago, I approached a company and unfortunately they folded before the stems came out. I believe, uh, Julie, you and I uh, were supposed to have our stems at the same time out with them. But um, then a couple of years later, um, I got together with Stempendous and they didn't have a real um, mixed media uh, range of stems so uh, I, I really had a great time working with them together and develop some stems and usually what I look into is to um, have stems that I really want to have for myself and include in my artwork yeah I agree that's um, that's pretty much how I started as well okay um, and so when you think about designing, I mean, did, Rachel, did you design stamps for other people besides before you started Darkroom Door? I did. I started, uh, I'd done designs for Stamp It Australia and Personal Impressions in the UK. And my, the way I started in designing rubber stamps was when I was at uni, I was doing um, a lot of printmaking. And in that was lino prints and lithographs and etchings and all those. And I used those to make my own greeting cards. And after a while, I mean, obviously, um, being a photographer, I've worked in the darkroom, hence why we started our company name as Darkroom Door. And a lot of the, like, photograms and prints and things that I was doing in the darkroom um, were really sort of lineal of the... And a lot of them I thought, you know, that would make a really good rubber stamp. And I was using rubber stamping just as a hobby at that point. And I guess I just talked about it and talked about it enough to um, 
you know, to my husband, Stuart, and he's like, oh, you know, you should really actually do that, you know, rather than just talking about, oh, that would make a really nice stamp. <laughs> he said, you know, actually do it. And I went, okay. So then, yeah, I submitted um, a couple of designs to stamp it and they loved them and then they um, started producing a lot of my work there and then I also um, worked with personal impressions and they were different different stamps and then after I think I worked with them for two or three years and then after that um, we really needed to you know start our own company because we were, we we had ideas further than what um, than what you know we could do with those two companies so we you know brainstormed a few things and then yeah we started Darkroom Door. Very cool. Um, so, I mean, I think obviously I did a sort of, a, I think I'm, a lot of things that you guys did, I think the need to design stamps comes from the fact that you're looking for something in the market that doesn't exist. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, whether it's something that you're, I mean, I obviously hand carve a lot of stamps and that was really because I couldn't find the stuff that I wanted or the look that I wanted. And again, like, you know, I think that from, I remember hearing Jenny Bolin talk God, it must have been almost 10 years ago about her line of products and how she designs it. And I remember the most, the thing that made the biggest impression on me that she talked about is she said she designs stuff that she wants. Mm -hmm. um, that's the only thing she thinks about. Because yeah. she said the second she starts thinking about making stuff for other people or what's popular or what other people are want, she says she knows she's in trouble. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's true. She, yeah, and that she felt like if it was going to be a Jenny Bolin product, it had to be something she loved and used. And I, I, I think I've, I have clung to that idea for the last ten years. You know. Yeah, and it works that way because then you're passionate about what you're designing. Because I, I mean, only yesterday I just finished designing a whole new um, range of stamps for our next release, and you know, and I, and I was really proud at the end of it because. Um, I knew that it all came from exactly where I'm feeling right now. If I think about what's popular, what, mm -hmm. you know, what everybody else wants, and I mean I've got a, I've got a really long list of, you know, stamps that I'd like to design, but um, and I choose from that about what I'm feeling at that time. I don't, you know, usually, I mean I do have a sort of a plan, but, um, but basically it sort of moves depending on how I'm feeling. So you do, you have to design from the way you're feeling rather than, what people want or what people expect you to do or what you think, you know, people will want as well. So it, if it comes from you, then it's your design. That's true. But of course, the one thing I have a really good relationship with Stampendous, but one thing I will have to say, I think it's going to be easier when you have your own company and <laughs> you are the one who decides. That, yes. I, and I, and, and Natalie, that's, that's pretty much exactly, um, one of the reasons why we did start our own company as well, because I mean, there's a lot of reasons why we started Darkroom Door, but um, you know, having having our own freedom, I guess, you know, to to design what we want, and ultimately the decision does end with myself and Stuart. So, and you know, and there are some things that you know I've sort of we we throw in wild cards. We go, yeah, that's we don't think it's going to really sell, but I love it. And and we're allowed to do that, and so yeah, it is. It is one of the perks of having your own company. So that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Because I wanted to follow up because one of the things you said, Rachel, that I thought was interesting is you said that one of the reasons you started the company is because you had ideas that were further than what you could do with the companies that you were designing for. Mm, yeah. And I just think I wonder if you each could talk a little bit about 
uh, some of the differences for people who don't know and have never had this kind of licensed designer interaction with a company, what is the difference between like when you create work that has to be essentially approved by somebody else and when you're creating for yourself? <laughs> girls, girls, don't rush in. Oh, Rachel, <laughs> why don't you start? <laughs> well, it's um, it's it is yeah. Because when I was designing for other companies, I mean, the two companies that I've worked for were were fantastic, and they are still fantastic. And in terms of, they allowed me to design whatever I like, um, and then they would you know go through it and you know, pick and choose to see what ones would fit within their catalogue. And, I mean, I think that's, I don't know whether that's how it works in other companies, but the two companies that I worked for, that, that's how it worked. And um, and so I'd submit, you know, X amount of designs. They'd say, yep, we love this. No, don't like that. And then, you know, they'd decide which ones that they wanted to put in that catalogue. And, um, and so I was obviously submitting way more designs than were being accepted um, and then there were some things that I wanted to do. And I mean, if you, if you know Darkroom Door stamps, then we've got our stamp sets, which are a collection of one sort of theme. And then we have our separate stamps, which, are, which I'll go on to in a second. But um, so the, um, so some, some things I wanted to have as a theme. And so it was, it was good that they'd accept some of them, but then others, which I thought would correspond really well with it, you know, they, they weren't accepting. And so not that it was a an issue, but because obviously every company, and I know now owning the company, I mean, it takes, you know, there's money involved in terms of making plates and getting the actual stamps to a stamp or designs to a stamp. And so there's, you know, you can't accept everything. You can't release everything. It depends on the market as well. So, um, but I had my thing was with my designs is the amount of detail in them and that's because they're coming from a photography background and so with our photo stamps which is um our most detailed stamps that's that's what I was trying to achieve and and I I sort of I could do it with some designs with the other companies but I really wanted to push the push the limit to it so yeah and there's a few other things so but uh, but basically when you've got your own company, yeah. I mean, I could I could take more risks. I guess is what I'm trying to say, and because then I know it's my money that's being put forward to you know I'm going to try this. If it works, great. If it doesn't, well then it's you know it's my own risk that I've you know dealt with. So I think that's one of the main things that is different now. Submitting to a company now rather than you know submitting to myself basically. So that's how it works for me. I like though when you said that you were. I mean, I, it depends. Um, I pretty know much know how many uh, designs. Like w w every every um, year, uh, we discuss um, how many designs I uh, they would have from me in the catalog, and it's pretty much like three designs or four designs. So, um, lucky enough, like everything that I turned in so far. Of course, we're talking about like, you know, uh, pinching it here or there or doing some minor changes. But lucky enough, those designs were accepted so far. So I guess I was lucky that I didn't have to do that. I haven't had like 20 different designs and then only three get accepted. Yeah. Um, yeah. But sometimes it's a little bit sad because I have 
I'm full of ideas. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I yeah. could do more. <laughs> you know? yeah. So, yeah, I think that's, that's, that's the same thing. It's like, it's, it's when you work with a company, of course, then um, as a licensed designer, then there's all these uh, things that they have, the company has to keep in mind, you know, money, et cetera. And that, um, that doesn't, necessarily limit you but it limits what can be put out of there um yeah. stems so yeah exactly and they, and they have like you know um, most companies will have several artists so they need to sort of keep everyone um you know <laughs> yeah happy basically yeah <laughs> With, and I think that's that that's what was the biggest thing and I mean I don't you know want to um continue too much to talk about the other companies but um when I was with the stamp it the um I think the last catalogue I did with them, uh, I think they released like 180 individual stamp designs per catalogue and I've released I think one of their catalogues and 120 of them were my designs or something and that's when I said, no, look, it's 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 almost like they're accepting too many of mine and not their other artists or things like that. And, I, and at that point we were, like Stuart and I, were ready to... Um, you know, look at what we're going to do further in the arts industry. So that's why we said, no, we better we better, we better do something on our own now. So, yeah, so that's what we did. But um, I'm yeah, glad you did because I really, really love your stems and I've been using them uh, many years. So, yeah. Thank, thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's, you been, know, it's been a fun ride. I was going to say one of the things that I think is interesting is the thing that you said, Rachel, about um, collections like or things that you wanted to keep together. And so part of it was accepted and part of it wasn't. Yeah. And like, you know, one of the things that I've learned so much about designing stuff is the great difference between what has hanger appeal and what, you know, may be unbelievably awesome but requires like a video Mm -hmm. to explain to you how to use it and so for example so I have a I have some stamps both with art foamies and with impression obsession and I have some stamps with impression obsession that require you to there's this technique I teach in my book about rotating repeat stamps and people have often asked me like you know that they wanted to buy them but the problem is you don't understand that you need to rotate them right yes (laughs) unless you see the video or know what they are and so it's a funny thing because they may not have hanger appeal but I know that like people can see them and I think sometimes especially with large companies they just want stuff that has hanger appeal you know and I've even found the opposite which is there's definitely stuff that I have either bought or designed that has a ton of hanger appeal but it's not that great when you actually use it you know exactly exactly I know exactly what you mean it's kind of a funny thing it's it's a it's amazing how much you learn when you're designing because then you're like um you learn all these things like how not all, like I heard for example that sometimes it's hard for people to understand how cling stamps work mm-hmm. and so that that is depending on where they are sold that is a problem for some stamping companies because everyone knows or most people, crafters now, uh, a stamp is a wooden block and there's a rubber uh, image on top of that and that's a stamp. And sometimes they don't understand that what that there's cling stamps out there. You know, so 
uh, unmounted stamps and that you can use them too. So I never thought about that um, and that it is important that people understand from the packaging, for example, what what this can do. And when we were designing my new stem sets, which include like a foam stamp, a rubber stamp and a stencil and everything kind of works together, um, we've spent a long time with just the packaging, which, you know, never occurred to me before that that is such a big issue. <laughs> um, of course, we know in a way that packaging is important, but that it is also important that people understand what is in this package. So yes. I thought that was very, you know, that was interesting for me as a learning uh, procedure. And I definitely learned a lot about packaging at that yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. It, it is. Yeah. It's, and it's true. And I mean, that's one of the things that I also you know, wanted to do with our stamp sets is um, is because I'm notorious when it comes to little tiny stamps, I just lose them. So when I was doing, when we were designing the stamp sets, I wanted them to be in a case. So the storage solution was already in with the set. So then, you know, you can keep your stamps and, and see my stamps. I'm not very clean when it comes to cleaning my stamps. So they they do, even though they cling and everything, they, they still get a bit of dirt on them and especially if I use them in workshops and then don't clean them after that and then you get ink on the back of that and it's just horrendous. So then I, um, yeah, so that's why we have um, all of our stamps sets sold inside their little storage case. So even if they don't cling that well anymore, they can still, you know, they won't get lost. They won't fly away anywhere. So mm-hmm. uh, so that's one of, yeah, that's when you're talking about packaging and, and things and you have to think of all sorts of things, then, yeah, yeah, you do, basically. Well, I remember when the Art Foamies people, uh, you know, the first time I bought some Art Foamies, I, the store owner said to me, don't throw away because I was literally about to because I was packing a suitcase with them. Um, she said, don't throw away that stamp, buddy. And I said, what, this thing in the package? And I thought it had just been a backing in the package to keep things rigid, mm-hmm. you know. And that's one of those dangerous things, which is there's a level of education that needs to happen with some products in order to get the user to kind of understand it. And again, just to get back to something you said, Natalie, which I think is important, is people knowing the difference between like cling versus wood mount versus, you know, that um, – it's, it's kind of like there are, uh, I don't have a favorite kind of stamp. I have a kind of stamp I use for different things. Meaning, yeah. you know, I love my woodblock stamps. I think mm-hmm. they're, I think they're beautiful just like as objects, you know, but then yeah. I also think the impressions you get with them are fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know, rubber is such a great tool. I especially love like small alphabet stamps on the wooden long wooden peg is just so much easier to handle, to find, to deal with, you know, on the other hand, unmounted rubber is so much better for, you know, if you are going to be using paint or pushing into something, if you're doing clay, if you're doing whatever, you don't want that wood mount on there. I mean, I've even heard a lot of people say who have like food dedicated stamps for making cakes and cookies that they really like the unmounted rubber because they can't ever get the wood clean enough to make sure that there's no food residue mm-hmm. left over on it, you know. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, silicone stamps are really great when you need to see something for perfect placement and you want to be able to see through. But of course, stamping purists don't like the silicone as much because they feel like it gives a squishy impression, you Mm -hmm. know, and it doesn't work with anything really other than some very basic 
inks. And then finally, the foam stamps are killer for any sort of paint application. And to loop back to something you said, Natalie, that I want you to talk about a little bit, and Rachel too, you know, you said when you're giving sort of your introduction to you designing stamps, you said there weren't a lot of mixed media stamps on the market. Now, it's a really interesting statement from so many perspectives because obviously, I mean, I know I know what you mean, but I want you to explain it because somebody out there I'm sure is saying, I don't understand, can't you use any stamp for mixed media work? So can you just explain a little bit what you mean about that? Oh man, you're putting the paintbrush or the stamp on my breast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or chest, I don't know, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Anyway, uh, whatever I'm doing, it's clearly inappropriate. <laughs> um, well, I mean, there were, there are, there were, there are, there have always have been like some, uh, you know, mixed media stems out there. Uh, I actually do uh, own a couple um, still of Rachel's uh, that I liked, and they were kind of like uh, you know background stems that I used over and over again. And they had some kind of like a texture surface, which I really liked. Um, so there are here and there some of them. What I mean with it, though, is that um, even in mixed media, of course, you can make your own stems very easily with all kinds of different materials, right? You can use plants for mark making and use them for stamping. You can use cardboard. Uh, you corrugated cardboard you could use uh, you can do your own little you know uh, tools by using bubble wrap etc so uh, and that's great because you're using household art items and um, you recycle and upcycle whatever you have around but sometimes you get a really really cool or I I'm that way I used to get like a really really cool impression with something and I just wanted to preserve that kind of impression and have it and and be able to use it over and over again and with like you know very wet paint which sometimes wouldn't be a good idea with some certain cardboard or you know with ink or with all kinds of paint media and so that was the that was for me more like the most um the thing that I really wanted, like there, that that uh, I can create some certain. Um, I love texture. I'm a very um, texture is for me like a really really important um, element of my artwork, and so I can create texture by including all kinds of stuff on a canvas or in my art journal. But you can also uh, create visual. Uh, texture using stamps and I, I just didn't especially in my art journal I really like to use stamps that um, th that kind of like fake a very texturous um, organic painterly uh, kind of impression and te texture does that make sense <laughs> yeah yeah and I also find Natalie that um like when you get like you know you oh you've obviously made those designs yourself when you've been doing your artwork and then like you said you've made a perfect one and so then you want to use that over and over and over again and um and that's what i find some people who are, you know some artists or students that i teach uh sometimes they say yeah but we're afraid to try that ourselves with our own corrugated board or with our own bubble wrap or whatever they say we want to get it right the first go and that's why they want stamps like yours 
Mm-hmm. So they can and they know that, um, you know, they know they feel comfortable because there's some people that, you know, like we all, you know, love to throw paint around and ink around and have all sorts of fun and then there are some that don't like to do that. They like to be a little bit cleaner and they want to know that, okay, I've done this really nice page. Now I just want to add a little bit of texture but I don't want to stuff it up. So <laughs> I need to get, you know, rather than doing it from, an, like an original material, they want to use a stamp. And so that's that's why I think mixed media stamps and those stamps you're talking about of yours that um, would be so popular and so needed, I think. Mm-hmm. I also think it's like something that when you work in like a series or you, you use like some more graphically, like especially when you talk about like your photograph um, stamps or like maybe you know, the urban scribble that I just came out with, like a uh, painterly uh, draw, yep. drawing um, skyline. Um, it's something that you can use in so many different ways, but you always get the the perfect um, image, but it always looks different. It's like a different yeah. piece of art or a different project. And I think that's also so appealing. It's like something that people, it looks like some someone made it themselves or you know I don't have that photograph and it's like so appealing or I'm not yeah. good in in uh, stem carving and that's why I need Julie's uh, exactly. stem but it, it I still can make it look my in my style and it looks like I made it right even yeah. though I used a stemmed image and I think that's the appeal of stems in general but even more if it's a stem that has something very special and unique to them um, because it's like ha- handmade or it's based on a photograph that uh, only you, Rachel, <laughs> had, right? Like I can't, yeah. I mean, I might be able to travel to the same place, but it's going to be hard to get the very same image. So yes, that's yeah. what's cool about it, I think. Well, it I think is. part of what appeals about stamping in general is so many of the things that you guys have already said, right? And the things that are like why I love stamps is because you get the same image over and over because you sort of know what you're going to get when you look at the stamp because the stamp is versatile. You can mask it. You can stamp part of it. You can stamp it poorly, sometimes not on purpose. Uh, you know, whatever it is, like stamps are flexible. And then again, there's something for every style. And I mean, listen, we all... All of us make art and make stamps, but I wouldn't ever say that any, if you put, you know, three of our stamps in a pile, I don't think anybody would have any trouble picking out whose stamp was whose, you Mm -hmm. know? And that's because we can all bring our style, you know, to the table and stamps really allow you to borrow other people's styles, which I think is really cool. Again, you can take that hand sketch drawing and you can put it next to something that's really like computer drawn and like really strong. And then you can mix it with something that's like tribal and then you can add it to something, you know what I mean? So it allows you to sort of push past your own, I don't want to call them limitations, but let's say push past your own like abilities or like where you're at right now into borrowing something that's like a little maybe outside your comfort zone or outside your natural style and then find a way to incorporate it and bring it into your style and your work. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and then I think like for me, when you talk about mixed media stamps, I think a lot about that 
part of it is stuff like materials, you know, that it is having foam stamps. It is having like a matching stencil and stamp. It is having, you know, sets that go together. It is having all those things that allow you to create a very specific kind of art. It is certain images that like, you know, uh, I think maybe like a, a somebody who makes a lot of like, um, you know, those really super cute cards that have like um, many layers of foam tape and they're like beautifully colored with Copic markers and they have like cute animals and all kinds of stuff that like if I tried to make that, my brain would explode. (laughs) So I think a lot of people like, so I look at like a hippopotamus with balloons and I go, it's like a fine line stamp. And I think there's no way that I'm going to be able to use that except in a way that looks stupid. Like I just, I I can't make that work for me. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think the same thing is true that people probably look at like a stamp that I've designed. That's like, you know, 12 X's in a row and they go, what? Why would somebody want 12 X's in a row? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Whatever it is. And again, I think that goes back to sort of where we were at the beginning about making sure that you're always designing stuff that's true to you so that, you know, once you find a designer or a company that works for you, it's kind of, you know, it's it's someone that you want to be with. Yeah, exactly. And then And then you, like if whatever stamp you've designed, you should know how to use it yourself. That's... You know, so then you can go and show other people how they can use it and why they want, you know, 12 X's in a row, basically. So. Exactly. Everybody <laughs> wants 12 X's in a row, baby. They That's do. That's a hot new design. Soon as, soon as you said that, I'm like, oh, I know I could. Yeah, I, I was like, that. So, you know. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Uh, so I was wondering, Rachel, I mean, so Darkroom Door is obviously synonymous with you and your style. Yeah. Do you ever work with other designers? Have you ever considered it? Yes. We have two other stamp designers who have designed stamps for Darkroom Door. Uh, one is Lucretia Deliver. She has uh, a lot of line work, which is things that, like you said before, like my style is, or most of my stamps that I design are from photographs. I do do a little bit of line work um, and various other bits and things, but um, mostly it's from photographs. So that's my sort of strength. And then... I wanted to do a a release with sort of line, and we call them line art stamps. And so Lucretia De Silva has done those for us. She did six um, different ladies. One of them's Crafty Lady and Pineapple Lady and all sorts of crazy things. And that was a little bit different for us. So that was was good. And we also have um, Hodeliev Taskins, who you may know as Stamping Matilda, and she's from Belgium. And she's done a range of carved stamps for us. So they're sort of um, all different themes. There's flowers and and leaves and houses all in a sort of like a carved rubber style. And and she's actually, here's a little bit of a scoop, she's designed and it's not a carved range, it's actually a a line work uh, stamp set that will be released this year. So that's something different for her but it is absolutely fabulous can't wait to um you know play around with those so we do we do actually have a few different designers for us and um yeah you know if anyone's out there thinking that they'd like to um, work with us feel free to shoot us an email and we're always interested in seeing who else is out there well let's talk a little bit about that because what kind of stuff do you look for like when somebody says hey i'm interested in designing stamps for you what are you what are you wanting from them a very consistent sort of style, I would say. So, um, and something where they would have, um, where we can sort of see 
first off, exactly what their style would be. And I'm not going to say that we're looking for a specific style because, like I've said earlier, we're, you know, we're interested in line artwork, in carved work, in even photographic work, um, all sorts of different ranges. So what I would really want is if someone, first off, would they just need to email us uh, either with a link to their blog or website or whatever, where, where we can actually see what their style is and then from there, that's, you know, we'd go from there. I think that consistency of style, and I think this is something that we should talk about because a lot of times people ask me, like, how do I get started designing product? And like, I mean, to a certain extent, you know, screw all the technical skills that you need or whatever mm -hmm. else or like ideas. I mean, I, I do think that one of the things to be a licensed designer is you have to have not only like a clear style, like you said, like that, you know, your work you know the perspective that you're coming from, but I think it has to be something that's different than what's already out there. Your work has to be uh, not sort of cookie cutter, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and the consistency, yeah. I mean, it's just so when you sort of know what, uh, what they can produce. Mm -hmm. I think that it's really, really hard to... Um, fake style and I think if anybody's interested in designing and licensing and stuff like that the thing that I tell people I think is the most important thing is to just work on developing your own personal identifiable style and the only way that you can do that I think and you guys can argue with me is just by making art constantly mm -hmm. yeah yeah and, and also you... like try oh sorry Rachel no 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 you go well it's also I mean that that um um, applies to everything in art making, right? Is you ha you have to you have to be willing to uh, really really fail and uh, screw up things, right? So 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 in order to develop your own style, like it's it's not like uh, copying um, some like we all we all get inspiration somewhere else, but then there is a point where you have to just like let go of our sample and just go on your own and um, some of these things are horrible but some of the things that come out of there and that you really really like they become incorporated in your style and then you use that over and over and over so uh, let's say for example a, a certain way you uh, do a brush stroke or use a palette knife and then uh, you 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 find that and you you really like that and then you're saying, oh, wow, I'm going to use that over and over. And that's uh, a way how I, for example, designed one of my older stem sets, the um, so-called grunge stem set, was coming from uh, certain marks that I made with my palette knife over and over. And they became, for me, kind of like very distinctive, my own um, mark. And I think that's that's where you where you get your own styles like just making art and being willing to try all kinds of stuff that can be horrible but there can be also things that are um piquing your interest and you're like i want to incorporate that in all my future artwork too as a kind of like me mark i want to talk yeah. about that for one second me marks if i may <laughs> steal so, that I idea just Yes. I'm going to say that all the time, by the way, me marks. Um, so <laughs> in terms of me marks, I mean, one of the dangerous things, right, about 
um, putting hand-drawn out there, things that are personal to you, things that you're feeling right now, like your your personal signature way that you use a palette knife, is that suddenly you are looking at other people's work and it, it looks like yours. So do you ever think about any of that, either of you, when you're designing stuff? Not really. Um, I mean, I think there's going to be similar people who do similar things and, you know, um, but... I think what you'll find when you're trying to find your own style or if people are, you know, wondering, well, what is my style? Because sometimes I even think about that myself because I do cards and art journaling and, and all these different bits and pieces and I go, well, I don't really have a style. But if you actually just created and didn't think about stuff, I think the, the true thing about creating is just get out of your own head and just create for the fun of it and then and just keep repeating it, repeating it, not the same thing, but just keep creating. Then once you collect all those pieces that you've just made, you'll generally see what, like Natalie was saying, what are the similarities between all of them and that is what your style is. So, but, you know, when I see other people do something similar to mine, I mean, you know, that's, and especially with my stamps because they are so, um, like, photographic, it's, you could nearly make the identical card all the time but see that doesn't bother me because I'm, I'm grateful that people want to use those mm -hmm. stamps or do that sort of thing I, I see it as a compliment rather than you know oh my gosh they copied me or something like that I mean you know it, it doesn't bother me whatsoever yeah I mean either I, I think it's like it's sometimes even like more that you're I'm amazed like for example the urban scribble um, I did this skyline stamp um, this year, which just came out, and it's a it's a thing that I do a lot of like um, urban skylines in my artwork. And I was actually very afraid putting that out there, not because I was thinking that people would uh, that their things would look like mine. That that wasn't the point. It was more like, is that too much me? And then people don't like it as much. You know it's, what I mean? It's funny. We can always be our own worst critics sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but I see, I, I love that stamp, Natalie. That's one of, like, as soon as I saw it, I went, oh, yes. You know, there's so many things you can do with it. So, and, and I, I mean, yeah, sometimes I design stamps and I just think, oh, but then I think, no, I'm, I'm being too critical of my own stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. I know and, what you're saying. Then other people are using it and I'm like, I get so excited when I, spy you know my stems somewhere and I'm like and it's still it's not my artwork it's other people's artwork and they are just using my stems as a tool and yeah. uh or as an inspiration point and that really makes me happy so no I, no I have to answer that the same way as <laughs> Rachel <no. And> it, <laughs> it is it's the biggest when other people use our stamps it's the biggest compliment I just love it mm-hmm I agree. I think it's always exciting when you see people using your product because other people also always have a different take on it. And I think that's so interesting to see it incorporated in a different way, you know, mm -hmm. than you uh, yeah, ever expected. Yeah. Exactly. And, and when I have stamps that we design and I have a general idea of how I want to use it, I'm sure all of us do. We think, yeah, well, this is how, you know, we want to use it. And then when I see other people using it and then they show me ways that they've used it and I'm like, oh, yes, I didn't even think about that idea. Yeah. That's great, you know. So that's why it's great to see so many people using your stamps because it's, you know, 
there's so many different ways they can be used and other people's ideas are fabulous. Exactly. So let's talk a little bit about um, when you're actually designing stamps. Can you take us through, is it a digital process? Is it a physical process? Is it a mixture? Do you lino cut? Do you not? Do you like, what is the actual process of designing? Um, okay, I'll start with that one. My process, and it depends on the stamp again, but I'll talk you through like a photographic one. Um, it will come from a photograph. Wow. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> and it's, um, and, but depending on where the photograph, like how I did that, um, I still have, and this is, you know, I started in the dark room. So that's, it's sort of old school now, obviously, but, um, a lot of my uh, original black and white negatives are still, um, you know, sitting in my cupboard and a lot of those have been turned into rubber stamps. So whether or not these days I'll source an image from those black and white negs or whether I go out and shoot something new that's digital, um, I use both methods. So I'll go and photograph something. Now, the photo stamps are an actual scene so I you know literally go out and photograph something sometimes it's deliberate sometimes I, I'm like yeah I want to photograph you know um, like a golfer or a fisherman or something like that and um, but other ones are, are just random things that I've photographed in my travels didn't even think about a photo stamp and then as I've come back I've started designing and I'm like oh wow yep actually that would work really well and the funny thing that I find with um, using photographs is a lot of people uh, mistakenly think that a good photograph or, you know, something that's really colourful and all that will make a great rubber stamp. But that's not always the case. Sometimes it's actually a really, not a bad photo. I mean, it still has to have good composition. But in terms of the, the light or the colour or whatever, obviously with a rubber stamp, it's just black. You can stamp it in any ink you like, but the ultimate design is just black. There's no grey, there's no, not like a real photo. So sometimes the way I photograph, if I'm specifically doing that to, for a rubber stamp design, I have to think differently than if I was actually photographing for photography's sake. So there's, you know, a couple of different things that I've got to do. But once I get the photograph, then, yeah, obviously it needs to um, either be scanned if it's a print or um, like from an old darkroom print. Or, um, yeah, if it's a digital, it's already on the computer, and then I work on it digitally. Mm -hmm. When you work on it digitally, are you just cleaning up some of the contrast? Are you, what are you doing there? Um, if I'm, okay, so if it's a darkroom print, then it's pretty much, it should be pretty much ready to go. But if it's a digital print, and, and I find some photos need darkroom work, which is what I call it, and... Um, and it is. Sometimes it's contrast. Sometimes I do need to, you know, basically dodge and burn like I would in the darkroom and highlight and get rid of some shadows and lift some shadows and bring more detail in. And it just depends on the photo. Some of them just instantly, bang, they're just perfect. Others, they just need a few little tweaks. And it's not really, I'm not changing anything. It's just basically highlights and shadows. Natalie? <laughs> um, yeah, I the way how I do my stamps is um, usually that I hand draw them or if, if there's drawing involved, um, like the Urban Scribble, of course, is a hand-drawn um, stamp or sometimes they come from other marks. So I make the marks with paint or 
uh, certain tools, a palette knife, uh, and then I scan uh, different images in, and then I work um, digitally and bring everything together, clean it up, maybe do layers, um, which sounds like I'm a really fancy person with the computer, but I'm not. <laughs> so it takes me it takes forever, lots of tears, lots of uh, not so nice words towards my computer and the program, and then basically. Um, I sent that to the company, and um, when Stampendous uh, realizes what I was going to do, they talk to me, like, there's often still times where I would get a phone call, and then they're like, hey, Nelly, you, you, you remember that thing about the threshold that we told you, where you, you know, get, like, some black and white, <laughs> whatever, I don't even know. <laughs> like they talk me through a little bit and then I'm like, okay, oh yeah, I should um, work with that a little bit more. So I'm a really bad person when it comes to the computer work, but basically I bring it in so that they know how the design should look like, which is easier on a hand-drawn uh, one, but if it's like a, you know, layers and certain different images that are coming from mark making tools, etc. Uh, and then they have a graphic designer, which I absolutely love. And we uh, work then, she cleans up my stuff because my images are usually because they're hand drawn or hand uh, made. They are not just black and white. They have like mm. all kinds of gray, gray tones in there then too. And that makes it hard to actually decide, you know, is that intentionally or did you just not know how to clean that up, Natalie? <laughs> <laughs> so we then work together and um, yeah, and she pretty much really knows uh, how I tick and uh, it's, a, it's a long way and it would probably be better if I would be uh, better in illustrator but i just haven't gotten around learning that and it's also a very expensive uh program so i'm kind of hesitant so far now you know everything about my <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah so i tend to um I tend to collect images slowly over time of things that are interesting to me and then sort of pin them up around um, and then sort of live with them for a little while. So I sort of just have stuff in my subconscious that's interesting or whatever. And then I sort of take it all down so that it's not there actually distracting me because I never want to actually copy something. I just want to sort of be inspired by a feeling or a shape or something. And then I usually, I work with a pen tablet, a Wacom tablet directly in Illustrator. And what I usually do is I draw things and then manipulate the various vector points to get it to be exactly what I'm kind of looking for. Um, and I definitely think it's one of those things where like vision and technical skill and trying to get like my vision to line up with my technical abilities is not always easy. Um, but it's, it's sort of, it's an, it's an interesting process and I really enjoy it. It's a different kind of creating of art, you know? Mm -hmm. it, it, yes, it is. Yeah. Um, by the way, so, uh, a couple quick things I just wanted to, um, talk about 
before we we're, we're, we're heading towards the hour mark here. So I want to make sure that we get it all in, um, which is Rachel. I know I've seen pictures of your beautiful warehouse slash classroom space in Sydney that you have, but I'm wondering if you could just describe to us a little bit about the fabulous, fancy darkroom doors headquarters. Oh, sure. We are located in the sunny central coast of New South Wales and uh, we have a space where most of it, well, we've deliberately put most of it as a uh, as a classroom and uh, the manufacturing side of it is um, out the back. And that's where we host uh, monthly catch-ups, so stampers or any sort of crafter if they want to um, come and, you know, do some workshops or just hang out um, in our monthly little catch-ups. We're doing one this Saturday, actually. And it's, uh, it's by a the fun way, can place. anybody come to that to the catch ups? Do they have to sign up beforehand? How if somebody wants they, to come, how do they do that? Yeah, they do just on the darkroom door website. So go to darkroomdoor.com forward slash events, and that's where you'll see uh, the link to the catch ups and also the link to your workshop um, in April. Woo-hoo. I know the so, best yes. time you so- ever had. <laughs> oh, it's gonna it's, it's gonna rock. We're gonna have so much fun. And so the classroom, it's we've got really we had custom built tables made, so they're a little bit higher than um, they're basically kitchen bench height, so you can stand if you want to. And nice. then we've got we've got stools if you want to sit as well. So and there's plenty of space, and we've got good natural light. It's all next to uh, big windows, so we open those up, and then um, yeah, I, I just sit there and make a mess all the time. So uh, it's a it's a great space. I've always been jealous. Natalie has counter height um, table in her studio, which I think is just it's working standing up is such a smarter idea. But you know, it's hard to find those counter height tables. It is hard. Yeah, we um, I looked everywhere for tables and I just couldn't find it. And then um, um, it was one of our friends actually who said, "Oh, I'm a steel fabricator," and I went, "Oh, bingo!" So yeah, he made our tables for us, and they're and they're great. So. They're perfect height so you don't, you know, hurt your back and then we've got the stools if you do want to sit down. So it's a, it's a good space. Because I was going to oh. say for stamping, I almost always stand up when I'm stamping. How about you guys? Yeah, I'm the yep. same. Okay, so to wrap up, I'm wondering if we can do the following, which is, can first of all, I want you each to tell people like where to find you and if you have anything exciting coming up that you want to let people know about. But also, can you give us a stamping tip of some Ooh. kind, any kind of stamping tip? Um, so Natalie, I make you go first all the time and <laughs> why stop now? No. <laughs> okay. Uh, so you can find me on my website, nataliestudio.com. And I'm sure Julie puts my link down there. <laughs> and, um, what's coming up? Um, yeah, coming up is a wonderful workshop that I'm teaching in, Oklahoma City or near Oklahoma City at the beginning of March and then in April I'm heading out with my wonderful friend Julie and I will see Rachel in Australia and teach at Darkroom Door which is pretty big and I can't wait for it and I'm uh, also writing a book right now so but that's a different topic and that will take a long time (laughs) until that's out. (laughs) Stamping tip that's a good one. Um <laughs> we can come back. We can come back if you need. No, it's all fine. Um, so I actually really never use the um, a cling, um, like a acrylic sheet to uh, use my cling uh, stamps with. I love to stamp 
uh, with acrylic paint on rubber stamps. Don't freak out, people. It's awesome. It's so much fun. And I, I hold the stamp in my hand and I'm actually going for an imperfect image. And I really like how the interrupted lines of the stamp um, kind of like add lots of movement and interest into my um, art journaling pages or other artwork that I'm doing. And if you use it with acrylic paint, make sure that you clean your rubber stamp right away uh, with a baby wipe and then maybe some water later. That was That's a ton it. of tips, man. Awesome. That was, that was, that was good. That was good. <laughs> um, okay. So now I'll, I might start with my tip and I'll, I'll make mine the, not the opposite to Natalie's, but just in terms of ink. <laughs> no. <laughs> to give, um, to, to give a different perspective. How about that? The, um, so my stamping tip would be if you're, uh, wanting a, per, a perfect impression, than to use the um, the right ink. That's because there's so many different inks out there, and you know some are water based, some are oil based, some are solvent based, and there's all sorts of things. So my tip would be is to research ink and to make sure you're using the right ink for the right application. And here's a tip for our photo stamps because I've talked a lot about that in this podcast. Is our photo stamps are our most detailed stamps and. Um, and if you want all of that detail when you stamp it, I would, I always ink the stamp, and then I ink it again, and then I ink it again. And that's basically to make sure that I do have ink everywhere on the stamp and I haven't missed a part. And then when you're stamping, just make sure you've got firm, even pressure on your piece of cardstock. So that would be my tip if you're wanting to have the complete stamp as a complete stamp. Um, cool. And in, t- in terms of um, finding me, you can find everything Darkroom Door at darkroomdoor.com and, uh, and you can find me personally um, on Facebook. Just look up Rachel Gregg Artist on Facebook and I'll be there. But um, you can find all of our links on the Darkroom Door website. So that would be my first point of call. And are you, do you have any classes coming up or anything you want to talk about? Oh. Yes, I forgot about those. I do. I have. <laughs> I, um, I'll be demonstrating at the Stitches and Craft Show in Sydney in March and also in Brisbane in March. And then, yeah, moving on to April, we will have you guys in our warehouse. So, and all of those details are on the Darkroom Door website. So check it out there. Looking, really looking forward to that. Three days of art journaling. It's going to be fun. I was thinking three days yeah. of bad language and good attitudes. <laughs> that was- <laughs> and all of all of that too. So all wrapped in one. There you go. Okay. So uh, for me, I have a stamping tip that's more about attitude, which is um, remember that your stamps are tools and that they're meant to be used and that you are the boss of them and they don't need to be clean and they don't need to be neat and you don't need to use the whole image and you don't need to use them right and you don't need to any of that stuff. Just remember that they're tools for you to use and you should incorporate them into your work however you want. Okay, so if you want to stamp really neat, rock on. If you want to stamp really messy, rock on. You know, if you want to throw them at the wall, rock on with your bad self. (laughs) Maybe that's what we'll be doing in April, <laughs> throwing them everywhere. 
it's rain and stamps <laughs> hallelujah okay so uh you can find me as always at baldresigns.typepad.com and uh, uh my classes in new york in march unfortunately are sold out um but i will be teaching in australia and i will be teaching um i have some classes that aren't listed yet but i've been talking about going to texas and i have some stuff it looks like actually in massachusetts here in massachusetts which will be nice so you can watch my website or sign up for my newsletter to get more info about those and um, if you have a stamping tip please share it with us because I'd love to on the next podcast share a whole bunch of stamping tips that people have come up with I think that would be awesome a huge knowledge base let's do some crowdsourcing so do leave us your comments uh, or if you have any questions about stamping at bowlsresigns.com backslash arting a-r-t-i-n-g we'd love to hear from you I want to thank my lovely guests you can't see them but trust me they're lovely um, and if you tweet about the show, please use the hashtag pound arting podcast. That's all one word, A-R-T-I-N-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. And thanks so much for listening. We'll see you the next time. And mom will be there on the Adventures in Arting podcast.